Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. On Friday, Renia put on her mask, pried open the panel, and lifted the wardian case off the violet smoke. It seemed to have grown in the last week. Its twisted branches had elongated so that a few more buds were forming amidst the leaves. In some ways, the plant looked like a lanky teenager dancing, bending its arms this way and that, goofy and homely. Yet it did have an unconventional beauty. She clipped three flowers and set the stems in water vials, then taped the bag shut so no air could escape. As she inspected the velvety petals, so pure and complete, she felt a wave of shame. This is G.P. Gottlieb, author of the Whipped and Sipped Mystery series. I'm talking to Karen Hugh, author of The Forgetting Flower, about which Kirkus reviews say superb characters and alluring prose make for a truly exceptional read. In this mysterious thriller, a young Polish woman is taking care of a plant whose blossoms can cause whoever smells them to forget everything. Someone who owes money can make the debt be forgotten. An abusive boyfriend can make his hospitalized girlfriend think that she fell down the stairs. But what if the blossoms find their way into a prison and the guards forget what they are supposed to be doing? Before I forget any of my questions, I'd like to introduce our author. Hi, Karen. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Galit. Thanks for having me. So I read that you were entranced by the scent of flowers and that you started wondering what would happen if the scent was, instead of being lovely, was potentially hazardous. How did you turn that into this book? Well, I worked as a professional gardener for about 15 years. So I was always um, advising clients on what fragrant plants to plant in their yard. And after a while, I started thinking about what would happen if there was a plant that was uh, dangerous to smell or foul smelling or had sort of an odor that couldn't be inhaled just, you know, randomly. So um, it just stayed on my mind for a long time. And then um, I started coming up with this character and this idea of a woman who would hide a plant because it couldn't be inhaled. It could, its scent would be too dangerous to be around. So that was kind of the genesis of it. Mm. Why did you set the story in Paris? Well, I, uh, many years ago now, <laughs> I uh, worked for a large online retailer and we were launching the French uh, .fr site. So I was in Paris uh, back and forth that year and I spent the better part of a summer there working. Um, and while I was working, I, um, on the days off that I had, I would go to various gardens and various flower shops um, and just sort of hang out and, you know, relax. And I started getting inspired by just the, the gardens there, the beauty there, um, just the people and how the French are so um, 
just dedicated to having a lovely experience. And part of that is having flowers in their lives, like people buy bouquets sometimes weekly just to have in their homes. So um, it was really an outgrowth of my living in Paris and getting to know the people and sort of being um, kind of a, a faux French citizen. Um, and um, yeah, so it kind of was an outgrowth of my living there. Aha. Uh-huh. So your protagonist, Renya, uh, um, the story opens with your protagonist, Renya, calling her twin sister who still lives in Krakow. So I have two questions. Why? What's the Pola, Poland connection? And what's the story about the Renya leaving a message every Friday for her sister? Ah. Yes. Well, I, my family is Polish and I'm ethnically Polish. And so, um, that felt sort of right to start there. Um, and also I had lived in Poland for a couple of months because my husband and I adopted three children, um, from there, um, about 10 years ago now. And so, um, I had sort of the opportunity to get to know Polish people and get to live in Poland and see what that was like and be among, um, you know, Polish people in Poland. So, uh, that was sort of the, the, um, kind of where that came from. And then the, um, (laughs) the idea of Renia calling her sister Estera every Friday, um, comes from that's really the the mystery of the book is why aren't these two sisters speaking um but renia wants to speak to her sister but her sister obviously doesn't want to speak to her but she tries calling her and she tries getting through to her every week as best she can um and so when you read the book of course you find out whether she ever actually does um get in touch with her Mm -hmm. so the forgetting flower the title of the book uh, the, the plant is called, you call the plant violet smoke. Uh, did you make that up? Is it based on an actual plant? Yeah. Well, that came from my obsession with um, African violets. Um, I African violets, for those who aren't really familiar with plants, are super easy plants to grow. They're great house plants. You can ignore them and they still grow because they're desert plants and they don't need that much watering. Um And so I started collecting all different kinds, kinds with frilly flowers, dark purple, light purple, pink, white. There's variegated ones now. There's just an abundance of African violets. And I started noticing, because I have some are very old in my collection, I started noticing that they, um, the stems would bend and kind of um, grow in this funky way. And um, so I started thinking about what if there was an African African violet tree or shrub, like what would that look like? You know, it would look really weird because it would have these bendy kind of branches, which is very unlike a traditional shrub. And then you would have these flowers sticking off the ends. And so um, when I was kind of had this idea of the violet smoke and and this idea of plants that you can't smell, um, that kind of crept into the story. So um, yeah, it was really kind of an outgrowth of my obsession with African violets. Do, Do African violets have a smell? Uh, No, and that's part of the speculative aspect of the plant. So um, I knew that that would be an interesting twist if the African violet, if the African violet was hybridized with something that did have a scent. 
Um, and botanically, that doesn't make sense because African violets reproduce asexually. So they reproduce from mm. their base. But a plant, um, if it was hybridized with another plant, it might have a scent. And scent, plants have scents so they can attract pollinators and reproduce. So you can see kind of botanically there's a contradiction there. Why would a plant that reproduces asexually want to put out a scent to attract a pollinator? Another mystery. And here's a third mystery. Um, right in the very beginning, Renya is coming home from the air and she's just called her sister in Poland. And she notices that her neighbor's balcony door is uncharacteristically open. And she panics. Why? Right. Um, that is... Um... She panics because uh, she sees blood coming down the building <laughs> from that open door. And at first she's not sure what it is. And then she kind of puts two, to, two and two together and realizes, oh my goodness, that's my friend and our favorite client of, our, of my plant shop, Ellen. And so that sends her sort of on a whirlwind uh, because not long before that, Ellen uh, may, she's not sure, but Ellen has maybe used the violet smoke and she's not sure. And now she's, um, now she's worried that the plant might be more dangerous than she thought. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell us about the police officers. Well, the police officer is a problem for her because she is a transplant from Poland to Paris. And she's worried that um, she might be deported and um, because she is an immigrant of a kind, um, but she is an EU citizen. Um, and she left Poland because she was from a very working class, harsh uh, background, and she's trying to make a better life for herself. So the police officer, um, of course, is going to investigate Ellen's death but um, she's worried that he may uncover something larger about her flower. Mm -hmm. So you flash back then to the two sisters working for the person who created the plant. Could you tell us about that? Sure. That was, um, I was thinking about uh, who, would, who would create this plant. Um, and you have a few choices, botanically speaking. It could be a natural variation that would occur in nature, or it could be hybridized by human hands. And in this instance, it seemed like, for reasons I just kind of laid out a minute ago, that it would be hybridized uh, by human hands. And so I started thinking about who would do that in Poland? It would have to be somebody who had some sort of background in horticulture and was probably very wealthy and could afford to play around with plants um, because you would need some sort of greenhouse. You would need some sort of environment to keep the plants alive. That's not necessarily, you know, natural in Poland, which is a cold you know, place in winter. Um, so I came up with the idea of Pangorski, which is uh, who is an, an older gentleman who made this plant for his wife as a gift. Um, and she's no longer, her health is not very good. And so she can no longer um, enjoy her plant. And so he ends up giving it to Estera just as a gift for working for him because Estera is one of his estate gardeners. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So he's a good guy? Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, at the beginning of the book, you'll have to read the book, but um, pretty much. I mean, he is um, he's, he's more of just kind of a part of the backstory of the novel. Right, but it wasn't an evil plan to create a plant of this sort. No, it was an altruistic uh, gesture. Like I said, he made the plant for his wife, right. Gift. Um, and uh, I think that the scent was an accidental outcome of that hybridization. Ah. So why does Renya think that she might be responsible for Alain's death? Well, because Alain was depressed, and Renya's flower, um, if you inhale her flower, you are able to forget the last thing you thought of. And unfortunately, Alain had suffered from depression, and also his uh, partner had had an affair. And so Renia is pretty convinced that he might have used the flower on himself to forget his partner's affair. Mm -hmm. So she thinks that was because of her. Why is the plant so dangerous that it requires a secret nook behind a fake wall? Well, um, that's simply because the scent is so overpowering and strong that if she kept it in some sort of open space or public space, uh, when it bloomed, it would instantly make uh, whoever uh, inhaled its scent pass out. Uh, so what she does is she's decided to uh, build a false wall in the back of her plant shop in this small sort of atrium lean-to. And... Um, so she, she builds a, a false wall and kind of wedges it into the existing walls so that there's a six-by-six-foot nook. Um, and in that nook, that's where she keeps the violet smoke. And she keeps the violet smoke not only in that nook, but she keeps it in an old Wardian case, like an old uh, tiny Victorian greenhouse, so that when she goes to uh, tend to it, she doesn't instantly pass out. <laughs> Yeah. Let's talk about the owner of the flower shop. She's the quite owner? a character. Oh, mm -hmm. right. Madame Polymer. Mm -hmm. Well, she's a very, um, oh, she's a bit selfish and self-involved. Uh, and she's uh, a wealthy woman, but she's not as wealthy as she used to be when she was married to a uh, uh, her, her husband, who was a millionaire, uh, who passed away. And so Madame Polymer is very um, concerned with status. She's very concerned with money. Uh, and she's very concerned about maintaining her comfortable lifestyle. And um, as the book goes on, when you read it, you realize that that's at Renia's expense. And so she dips into the bank account for the flower shop uh, to maintain that comfortable lifestyle. Well, in the meantime, Renia is trying to keep the plant shop afloat, and she's also paying Madame Polymer for her rent uh, because Madame Polymer rents her an apartment above the flower shop. 
So now who is Uncle Felix? Felix, and why is he in France? Why is he so harsh with Renia? <laughs> well, he <laughs> he is um, right. Uncle Uncle Felix is her uncle who owns a uh, wholesale nursery outside of Paris, and he sells plants to all the local uh, plant and flower shops in the area. Uh, Uncle Felix came to France. He's from Poland, and he came from France. Uh, came to France uh, and. Um, for school a long time ago, and he married a French woman. And so that's why he ended up in France. However, his wife is not so interested in country life like he is. And so she moved to Portugal. <laughs> so Uncle Felix has, has, he's left feeling a little bit jaded about that. And he also is um, kind of based on some, some people I know who are older men who are a little bit grumpy but sort of have a heart of gold. Um, and he just believes that uh, work is important and you must uh, work hard to achieve things in life. And so he doesn't, uh, he doesn't have time for chit-chat or, or soft warmth or affection. He's just sort of all business. Yeah. Tell us about Zbigniew and his relationship to the sisters. Well, Zbigniew, or Zbiggy, um, you find out a few chapters in, is um, someone from Renia's past. And without giving too much away, he is um, interested in starting a business with Renia to sell the flowers from the violet smoke. Um, but his business contacts aren't necessarily above ground. They're more of the black market nature. Mm-hmm. Well, the follow-up question to that is, who are the Russian gangsters and why are they involved? <laughs> well, <laughs> Biggie is, um, his mother is Russian, and so he has cousins in Russia, and he uh, has connections to Russians. And um, like I said, if you're going to sell on the black market, you have to find people who will trade your goods. And these Russian mobsters are people who can sell the flowers to people who may want to forget certain things in their life. Sometimes they don't want people to know, uh, maybe a husband doesn't want uh, his wife to know that he is unfaithful to her, or um, there may be other instances uh, where people will, will buy, a, buy a flower just like they would buy any drug to forget the pain in their lives. And so the Russian mobsters are able to make those connections for Spiggy. Mm -hmm. So, well, I have a question about this whole idea of forgetting. Is there, are there drugs that, that do something like that, that let well, you forget? Right. Um, not necessarily um, forget, but something like mandrake root, or there's some other, um, some other uh, plants in nature that can make you hallucinate, um, that can alter your mind. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's certainly, you know, even heroin or marijuana, you know, it's, those are mind altering drugs. And so in a way, the forgetting flower is, isn't necessarily mind, al I mean, it is mind altering, but it's more of a, like an amnesiac kind of flower. Right. Even aspirin comes from a tree, right? So. Ah, right. Totally right. possible. Where can I get this flower? I'm kidding. Um, so. <laughs> 
what are you working on now? And is it connected to this book in some way? Is this a series? Is this flower going to survive? Well, uh, it is, this book is part of a trilogy and the trilogy is three books that are standalone books, but whose characters are related and this all exists in one world. And, um, Right now, I'm calling this trilogy the Botanique Noir Trilogy. So it's this, this sort of, you know, um, Black Botany uh, of Paris trilogy. So the next book, um, this book was about um, an African violet-like flower. Uh, but the next book is about a medicinal apple. And it focuses on a character in this book named Andre Damasi, who is a botanist. And Renia, in this book, she uh, contacts him because she needs she she really wants to know what is in this flower, and she wants to know if it killed her friend Alain, and so she needs a botanist to, you know, examine it, identify it, tell her what, if the gas is um, toxic and if it's fatal, and so she calls Andre, and he comes and and um, examines the flower as best he can and tries to pinpoint what it's hybridized with and where it came from. So the next book focuses solely on Andre. Renia is in it, but it's it focuses on Andre because he is also a plant explorer. And he goes to the mountains of Kazakhstan uh, where the first apple trees grew, uh, we think. Um, and in Kazakhstan, uh, there are huge forests of apple trees. And many of these apple trees uh, shoot off the root of a mother tree. And so you have these huge stands of forests that have been created by one mother tree. It's really great and interesting. Um, so in book two, Andre goes to Kazakhstan and he discovers an, a white apple that's medicinal and, um, it's curative. And so he, uh, brings the, a sapling back, uh, from Kazakhstan and, grows uh is is hired by a natural uh pharmaceuticals company to propagate it uh so he sets up a greenhouse in a secretive place in paris and he he propagates it and he grows about 60 of these uh medicinal apple trees but as he's growing them uh his greenhouse keeps getting vandalized and he can't figure out why and so the mystery at that of the at the heart of that story is who is vandalizing his greenhouse and why would anyone want to destroy a medicinal apple tree? Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's the second book. And then the third book in the trilogy is sort of a meeting of Renia and Andre teaming up together. Um, and they are investigating a um, mysterious nut in a forest that has mutated. So um, that's sort of in brief. <laughs> the trilogy. Wow, it both sound so interesting. When is the next one coming out? Well, I have been talking with my editor um, about the next one coming out next summer. It's not a for sure thing, but we're hoping it does. Um, and we're going to firm up plans probably in the next month or so. Um, and the next, uh, the title of the next book is called Harvesting the Sky. So you can watch for that in coming months. Will do. Best of luck to you in all your writing and planting and growing. 
I hope it's a, a lovely harvest for you this year. Yeah, I always try and get a garden when I'm not writing, so. Right. So thank you so much for joining me, Karen. It was lovely. Thank you so much, Galit. And thank you for joining me today. Again, this is G.P. Gottlieb, author of the Whipped and Sipped Mystery Series and host of New Books in Literature for the New Books Network. Today, I've been speaking to Karen Hugh about her new book, The Forgetting Flower. If you enjoyed today's podcast and would like to discuss it further with me and other New Books Network listeners, please join us on Shuffle. Shuffle is an ad-free, invite-only network focused on the creative community. As New Book Network listeners, you can get special access to conversations with a dynamic community of writers and literary enthusiasts. Sign up by going to www.shuffle.do forward slash nbn forward slash join. Thank you.